would invite you to turn with me this evening in your Bible to Colossians and the chapter 4. Paul's letter to the Colossians and the chapter 4. And we have been looking at this letter for a good number of Tuesday evenings. We've come right through Colossians, the four chapters. And as we've come to the final chapter, and we've looked at those uh, companions of the Apostle Paul, those who were his fellow laborers. And there in verse 7, we looked at Tychicus. And then moving down to verse 9, there was Onesimus. In verse 10, Aristarchus and Marcus. In verse 11, there was Justus. Verse 12, there was Epaphras. Then down in verse 14, there was Luke and Demas. Then in verse 15, there was Nymphus. Then we want to come this evening to consider the final individual mentioned in this chapter and in this letter, and that's Archippus in verse 17. But we'll just read a portion together, commencing there at verse 12 and reading down to the end of the chapter. Colossians 4 and verse 12, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him record that he hath a great zeal for you and them that are in Laodicea and them in Hierapolis. Look, the beloved physician and Demas greet you. Salute the brethren which are in Laodicea and Nymphos and the church which is in his house. And when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. The salutation by the hand of me, Paul. Remember my bonds. Grace be with you. Amen. Amen. And may the Lord add his blessing to this public reading from his own precious and infallible word. And so it is to verse 17 tonight that I would draw your attention. And we come across this particular character called Archippus. And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord that thou fulfill it. And we're thinking tonight about a faithful ministry. This individual, Archippus, he's only mentioned on two occasions in God's precious word. Just two verses of scripture that make reference to him. And the first one is before us here in this text in Colossians 4 and the verse 17. And then also in that epistle to Philemon, And Philemon, just a few pages over in your Bible, just before Hebrews, and it has just that one chapter. But in those opening verses of Philemon, 
Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, and to our beloved Aphia, and our Kippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house. And so there's the second reference to Archippus, and it's made there in Philemon and the second verse. It is suggested because of the wording there in the opening verses of Philemon that Archippus was actually the son of Philemon. Philemon's wife was Aphia, and so the three of them are mentioned together there. There's Philemon in verse 1, and then there's the beloved Aphia in verse 2, and Archippus. And it would seem that Paul was making reference there to the family. And so you have Archippus, who was more than likely the son of Philemon and Aphia. It's further suggested that as the church at Colossae met in the house of Philemon, and as Paul is writing here to Archippus about the ministry, it's suggested that Archippus may have been standing in as the pastor of the church at Colossae to which Paul is writing. Epaphras, who was the pastor at Colossae, he had traveled to Paul at Rome. And perhaps in his absence here we have Archippus, who was standing in as the young pastor and was seeking to minister God's precious word. It's further suggested that he may actually have been the pastor of the church at Laodicea that was very nearby. But we do feel that he had that ministry in the word of the Lord. Whether he was the pastor of the church at Colossae or whether he was the pastor of the church at Laodicea, he had a ministry. And you notice in our text of Scripture in Colossians that he had that ministry which thou hast received in the Lord. And so the ministry was something that Archippus had received in the Lord. It wasn't something that he assumed. It wasn't just something that he pursued himself, something by way of a career or an ambition, and that he just decided he would take up the post of being the pastor and being the preacher. No, Paul reminded him that the ministry he had, he received it in the Lord. In other words, the Lord had called him to the ministry. And that is something that the Apostle Paul himself could relate to. And in fact, he did relate to it when he wrote to Timothy. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, Paul says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. And so Paul says it was the Lord. The Lord put me into the ministry. In fact, the previous verse there in 1 Timothy 1 and the verse 11, he speaks about the glorious gospel of the blessed God which was committed to my trust. 
And so Paul says, the Lord put me into the ministry and the Lord gave me the message. He committed the message of the glorious gospel to my trust. And Paul's speaking to Archippus and he's making reference to the ministry that Archippus had received in the Lord. And he's saying to him in our text of Scripture in Colossians, take heed to that ministry. And he's exhorting Archippus that he would fulfill that ministry. Notice the wording of verse 17, and say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. And as we just for a moment or two think on this text of Scripture, I want to make a few observations upon it. And firstly, as we think about this particular ministry of Archippus, there is the faithfulness in the ministry. And that's what Paul is referring to here. Faithfulness in the ministry. And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord that thou fulfill it. When we read there just a moment or two ago in Philemon, and in the second verse where Archippus is referred to, Paul actually refers to him there as our fellow soldier. And so as Archippus is in the ministry, the ministry that he has received in the Lord, Paul says he's our fellow soldier. Now we have noticed some of those terms already when we've been looking in Colossians and the chapter 4. And back there in the 7th verse, uh, you would see that term fellow servant. The fellow servant that Tychicus was with the apostle Paul. And then you could look into verse 10 of Colossians 4 and you'll see the term fellow prisoner. And so there are fellow servants and fellow prisoners. Verse 11, you can see the term there in the 11th verse, fellow workers. And also, as we've read in Philemon, there's reference there in the first verse to fellow laborers. And so Paul has used these different expressions about those whom he said were his fellows. Those were alongside the apostle Paul, their fellow servants, their fellow prisoners, their fellow workers, their fellow laborers. But when he came to Archippus, he said he's a fellow soldier fellow soldier. I believe he was referring to the faithfulness of Archippus to the ministry, that he was a soldier, a soldier of the Lord. And I thought a little bit this morning as I studied uh, this particular character, and I noticed how he was called a fellow soldier, unlike the others there. And I thought about the enlisting of the soldier. The soldier has to enlist. He, he signs up there to be a soldier. And he's committing himself into the army of the king. And as he enlists, it's a pledge of his loyalty. He has signed up 
to serve the king. And whenever Archippus got saved and he entered into the Lord's army and when the Lord called him, he was now becoming that fellow soldier in the army of the Lord. He's enlisted for service. And the soldier, not only enlisting, but engaging. Whenever the soldier signs up and commits himself to serve the king, well, he's going to have to engage in the battle. And Archippus here, Paul said, he's a soldier. He's a fellow soldier. He's one that has engaged in the battle. It has been said that Christian service is not a playground, but a battleground. Therefore, in that service for the Lord, it doesn't necessarily have to be the ministry of the word. The word ministry can refer to service in general, but in any capacity in which you would serve the Lord, you're engaging in the battle. You're taking part in active service, and that takes courage. It takes courage to, to take that step to actually engage in the battle, especially the battle for the Lord. And the soldier needs to have that courage not only to enlist, but to engage. In relation to this, I read about Alexander the Great. He was a great military general. And it was discovered that within the ranks of the soldiers of Alexander the Great, there was a coward. And every time they sought to engage in the battle, he turned back in the day of battle. And Alexander the Great discovered that the name of that cowardly soldier was Alexander. And he went to that individual and he said to him, either you need to find courage to engage in the battle or you need to change your name. Alexander, the soldiers of the Lord, we're going forth in the Lord's name. We're taking on the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we can't turn back in the day of battle if we're going in the Lord's name. And therefore, if we're going to bear the name of Christ and we take the place of being a Christian, one of Christ's, then we must be courageous to go forward in the battle. And Archippus here, we have to commend him because Paul said he's a fellow soldier. He hasn't just enlisted for the parade ground. No, he has engaged in the battle. And we have gone through Colossians and there were battles for them to face. There were erroneous doctrines. They were infiltrating the church at Colossae, no doubt spilling into the church in Laodicea and in Hierapolis. And there was a battle to engage in, and Archippus was faithful in that battle. Battle of worldliness, the influence of the world around upon the church, the battle of temptation where the devil is busy putting the snares and the pitfalls before the child of God. There are battles in which we have to engage. And here is a faithful minister who entered into the battle. 
Always look up the meaning of the names of these individuals. And Archippus, it's a strange name. And that name Archippus means master of the horse. Master of the horse. I thought about the war horse that goes into battle. And the war horse that has been experienced in the battle. A war horse is someone who has been through many battles and probably has the scars to prove it. But one who's willing to go again. That was Archippus. The enlisting of the soldier. The engaging of the soldier. The enduring of the soldier. They have to have endurance. It's interesting when the Apostle Paul was writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy and the chapter 2 and the verse 3. He said to Timothy who was in the ministry, the young man in the ministry, he said, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. A good soldier. The good soldier has to endure hardness. Now you don't sign up to be a soldier and to engage in the battle and not to expect to have to endure hardness. And here is the servant of the Lord uh, with the picture and the illustration of the soldier, one who will be prepared to suffer for the cause of Christ. We have to be always careful here in the West when we speak about suffering for the cause of Christ, for really we don't fully appreciate what that is. Here in the West, we still enjoy our civil and religious liberty. Even those tomorrow who will go on parade, there are those who it is a genuine expression of their faith, and we have the liberty to express that. Even though in our land and nation it is becoming a more hostile place for the Christian and our beliefs are more and more being outlawed and God's people are more and more being ostracized, but yet we're not suffering in that sense. We're not being persecuted in that sense. But in other places, in other countries, there are those who really do have to endure hardness for Jesus Christ imprisoned, persecuted, suffering for the faith, enduring hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. You notice in Colossians 4, the very final verse, the salutation by the hand of me, Paul. Then he says, remember my bonds. There was the apostle Paul still imprisoned at Rome, still shackled at Rome. He was enduring hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And he's writing to Archippus and he's saying, say to Archippus there, take heed to the ministry. Continue on as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And thank God there's also the enabling of the soldier the Lord does not call the individual to a particular service and then not enable them and equip them for that service. 
No, the Lord will meet their need. And as a fellow soldier, he would know, as the apostle wrote to the Ephesians, the chapter 6, about the Christian armor. And as the soldier, he could put on the Christian armor, that spiritual armor, put on each piece with prayer, praying in the Holy Ghost. And with the promise that the Lord will grant the help of his Spirit, And with the encouragement as we have been considering the name of the Lord, the divine name, the great I am. And he said to Moses, I am with thee. And in the New Testament we have those words, and lo, I am with you. I am with you always, even on to the end of the world. And so the Lord enables his soldiers and encourages his soldiers And he wants us to be faithful. The faithfulness in the ministry, the service of the Lord. But secondly, the focus in the ministry. And when you come back to verse 17, our text of Scripture, what was it that Paul was uh, charging Archippus about? He said to Archippus, Take heed, take heed to the ministry. The words there, take heed, it means beware and be vigilant and be watchful. In the original language, the word actually had to do with the steering of a vessel, a ship. The ship being brought to shore. Maybe the ship that had been through the storm and through the waves and through the wind and through the fog. But in coming to the shore, they still must be so careful in bringing that ship uh, safely into the harbor and safely alongside land. That requires great care. Take heed. That's what the word is implying. And we need to stay focused. And we need to keep watch. And we need to take earnest care in our service for the Lord. Say to our kippus, take heed to the ministry. Some commentators suggest that our kippus had come to a particular point in his service for the Lord. Some say he was facing difficulties. The difficulties of the day, and we have referred to some of them as we've gone through Colossians and Uh, the falsehood that was infiltrating the church, the philosophy, the vain deceit, the tradition of men, the rudiments of the world. And perhaps with all of those difficulties, Archippus was beginning just to feel uh, that downhearted and, and feeling that he was so weak and so unable of himself for the work. Say to Archippus, take heed. All of the difficulties before you, stay focused. Don't be giving up. Others say he had got discouraged at this point. The discouragement was such that he was downhearted. He had become negligent to the work uh, to which the Lord had called him. And therefore, this was a timely word to Archippus. He was feeling, if you like, the heat of the day, the difficulties and the discouragements. And he was reaching a point where perhaps he felt like giving up altogether. Take heed. 
stay focused, keep vigilant. He needed this word from the Lord through the Apostle Paul just to encourage him to persevere. Our kippus take heed to the ministry. Others suggest that he had got distracted. It's easy to get distracted in the work of the Lord. Something else catches your attention. You turn aside to the left hand or to the right. Something that preoccupies you, something that takes up your time and before you know it, you're giving more time and attention to that than you are to the service of the Lord. And it was a particular point in the life of Archippus where he needed this word from the Lord to take heed. He was referred to as a soldier. Paul maybe thinking about the Roman soldiers to which he was so familiar with and there were certain rules and principles for the Roman soldier. They were not allowed to engage in any other work. They were not allowed to engage in farming. They were not allowed to take on another trade. They were not to become tutors. They were not to become curators. The general principle was that they were excluded from every other work that could divert their minds from that which was their sole object of pursuit. Not allowed to have any distractions in that sense. It's interesting there that that's what the apostle was referring to again whenever he wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy in the chapter 2 and there in the verse 4 he said, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And oh, you have to endure that hardness as a good soldier, but don't be getting distracted and don't be entangling yourself with the affairs of this life. But rather seek to please him who has chosen you to be a good soldier. I know that there can be occasions when maybe a servant of the Lord, whether it's a missionary or a minister, and they have to engage in some kind of uh, other work in order to support themselves in their uh, particular uh, ministry or work. The Apostle Paul himself was a tent maker. But as far as possible, the minister should devote himself to the office to which the Lord has called him. Don't be distracted from that. Take heed to that. Take heed to the ministry that you've received in the Lord. In Acts chapter 6, it tells us there about the apostles. And of course, the issue arose there in Acts chapter 6. There was the uh, dispute uh, between the Grecians and the Hebrews. And the apostles said, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Look out other men to deal with those matters. But we are not going to be distracted from that which the Lord has called us to. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And so there's the faithfulness in the ministry and the focus in the ministry 
But there's something else that our text reminds us of, and that is the fulfillment of the ministry, the fulfillment of it. You see Colossians 4 and 17 say to our Kippus, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. Fulfill it. That word fulfill, it means carry through to the end. See it through to completion. Fulfill the ministry that the Lord has given you. That thought of fulfillment, it actually captures the theme of this epistle. Because the epistle here to the Colossians speaks about that fullness. And it is the fullness of Christ. Do you remember back as far as chapter 1 and the verse 19? And it says there, For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And there's the fullness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's the theme of this epistle, that in Christ you have your all in all. And the Lord Jesus Christ and his fullness. In Colossians chapter 2 and the verse 9, again speaking of Christ, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. The completeness, the fullness of the Lord Jesus Christ and the servant of the Lord, the minister of the Lord, is to remain focused upon that. And if our focus is upon our Lord and Savior and we begin to see something of the fullness of Christ and of our completeness in him, that enables us to complete and to fulfill the work that the Lord has called us to do. And so we keep focused upon the Savior in order that we will fulfill and complete that work. In other words, we'll be able to finish. And if it's out of the Lord's fullness that we receive, he's able to supply all our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He can meet all of our needs. The work of the Lord. Final words of Colossians. Says, Grace be with you. Grace. Grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Out of his fullness we will receive. And he giveth more grace. And it's the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that is sufficient for us, that will help us to fulfill and to complete the work which the Lord has given us. And when we come to the end of life's journey, We want to know that, like the Apostle Paul said to Timothy, we've fought a good fight, good soldier. We've finished the course, fulfilled it. We've kept the faith. Though that we could come to such a point, like the Apostle Paul, we will someday, on this earth our time will be over when all our labors and trials are o'er, a day when our work on earth is done, 
And we want to come to that point having fulfilled the work which the Lord has given us. There's a purpose for our lives as there was a purpose for the life of our kippus and for his ministry. I thought about Robert Murray McShane and in a moment or two we're going to sing one of his hymns. Robert Murray McShane was a faithful servant of the Lord and he ministered for the Lord in St. Peter's in Dundee. Evangelical, a great burden for the souls of men and women. And yet, at 29 years of age, in his 29th year, his work on earth was done. 29 years of age, but his work on earth was finished. And so, whatever time the Lord has for us, And we don't know how long we'll be upon this earth, but may we seek to fulfill the work that the Lord has given us to do, to see it through to the end. The Lord Jesus Christ had that work. That's why he came into this world. It was the cross work. He came into this world to go to the cross of Calvary and in John 17 in his great high priestly prayer with the shadow of the cross before him he could look heavenward and he could pray and he could say to the Father I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And Thank God tonight we rest upon that finished work. And may it encourage us to press on that we would fulfill the work that the Lord has given us. May the Lord bless these studies in Colossians to our hearts. We're going to sing that hymn of Robert Murray McShane, When this passing world is done, when has sunk yon radiant sun, when I stand with Christ on high, looking o'er life's history, then, Lord, shall I fully know not till then how much I owe. We'll sing just the first three verses of the hymn at this stage. <laughs>